0: Welcome to Behind the Flag Podcast. We want to thank our sponsor, Get It Right Enterprises. Get It Right offers great training software to learn football rules. They can be located at www.getitrighttraining.com. Bob Arnone is the owner and founder of Get It Right and has truly provided some great football training to the New Mexico Officials Association. My name is Dennis Barella. I'm a Albuquerque High School football official working line of scrimmage, and I also just finished my first year of Division II Last year at the line of scrimmage, co-host Ken Aident, he is a back judge out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and also has just completed his first year of Division II college football officiating. We want to thank your support, and we truly hope you enjoy our webinars that can be located at afoa-ref.com on YouTube, and our podcast at Behind the Flag. All right, here we go. Welcome back to Tuesday night's uh, summer session with Get It Right and his 10-week course. Uh, Tonight's the second session with free kick infractions. Ken Aiden. Ken, are you there? Say again? All right, so, hey, Bob, so, um, yeah, I was trying to get a hold of Ken. I guess he's uh, having technical difficulties. But uh, tonight, um, session number two with Get It Right, Bob Arnone. Uh, If this is your first time on a uh, Get It Right webinar, uh, Bob is the owner and founder of Get It Right. He started officiating in 2001 in Alabama. He's a back judge. He's done multiple district and state championship games. He's he's also an instructor for the Alabama Football Association, and he started Get It Right in 2012. He was designated as a game changer in officiating industry by NASO and has been presenting at the NASO Summit since 2014. He has partnered with Mike Pierre in the Battlefield to Ballfield since 2016 get it right has clients in all 50 states and 15 countries he also has a half a page in uh july's referee.com magazine uh, page 48 i believe with his, his software program so so this is uh, a pretty good software and and you know really grateful for Bob, for giving the New Mexico Officials Association football group this free training every Tuesday. So it's all yours, Bob. Um, Free keeping fractions.
1: Okay. Sorry, doing the share screen here. Okay, we cooking? Got the get it right screen up? Yep, we got it. Okay, great. All right, Uh, so what we wanted to talk about tonight is uh, uh, free kicks and free kick infractions. Uh, A lot of times, uh, officials will talk about uh, the fact that uh, if anything's ever going to go wrong, it's going to happen during the kicking game. So... uh, uh, let's go ahead and talk about that tonight. Uh, something I just want to show you all that uh, might be familiar with the Get It Right program. Thank you for for being loyal clients. Uh, if you haven't seen the 2020 version yet, we, you know, all the rules have always been lined up uh, in alphabetical order. Uh, and that's been pretty convenient. Uh, but then we were getting requests to try to lay it out in like the rule book view. So we have that now this year. So tonight we're going to talk about some free kick infractions, so that's in Rule 6-1. The nice thing about uh, the free kick infractions is that uh, typically you don't have a whole bunch of them happening at the same time, so if you can partition those in your mind, it makes it a little bit easier for you to figure out uh, what's about to happen and, and things like that. So let, let's start here looking at 6 1 4 that says that at the time the ball is kicked, there needs to be at least 4K players on either side of that kicker. So, um, uh, depending on the mechanics that, that, that you have, somebody is out there talking to that kicker as uh, the kicking teams are starting to come and get lined up. Uh, So we've been asked to uh, make sure it's a legal ball, uh, make sure you got the Federation mark on it. Uh, That's also a time that I remind the kicker, wait for that whistle from the white hat before you kick. Uh, I mean, this kid, I mean, we're all waiting for this opening kickoff to happen uh, this season. Uh, Things are trending in that direction. So this could happen on schedule. Well, that kicker is probably pretty excited, too. He's got his girlfriend and his family up in the stands. Uh, He's all jacked up, ready to do something great. And surprisingly enough, there's at least uh, one or two times during the course of the season that that kicker decides to kick the ball before that ready-for-play signal is is given. Um, Okay, so that gives us the opportunity uh, to get the kicking team and the receiving team all lined up. So we have them here like this. Uh, for some reason, over the course of history, uh, kickers like to raise their hand to let people know they're fixing to kick the ball. No requirement to do that, but there's our guy there with his hand in the air. So then what we see happen is this. You know, the, the team is trying to do something slick, something fancy, and what actually happened there is while we thought. This player with his hand in the air was going to be the one to kick the ball. The guy next to him does. So again, it's the time that the ball is kicked that there needs to be four players on either side of the kicker. So what we have here is just three on this side. Now, uh, this is a a dead ball play. Uh, part of what the Federation wants us to do uh, is recognizing that uh, a free kick is one of the more dangerous plays that we have during the course of a game. Uh, So we don't want these kids flying into each other uh, only to stop the play or end the play, bring back and and have them do it all over again. So when we see something like this, we want to kill that immediately. Um, One more point on mechanics relative to this. Uh, I don't know what you all have for mechanics uh here in Alabama, uh they talk about the referee being the one to uh to make that call. And and this is what he's saying. Um so so bless his heart if he can figure out that there were just three on the to the one side of that kicker there, you know, good for him. Um uh, when I'm teaching uh back judges or if I'm teaching any anything about the kicking game, I'll tell those officials up here on the receiving team's free kick line to kind of keep an eye open for something like that as well. Um, really what's happening with uh, that uh, official on the receiving team's free kick line is waiting to see if those uh, receivers are going to encroach. Uh, I seldom see that happening, uh, but it, Still, it's at the same time that uh, that official might have a pretty good view, still watching what his uh, front line is doing and being able to keep one of his eyes on whether or not that's going to be a legal kick right there. So something to think about, something to talk about with your crews, something to talk about uh, in your association about how you want to handle some of these things. So we'll go there to a similar kind of formation here. Uh, We got the player who we think is gonna be the kicker. He's got his hand in the air. Uh, They learned their lesson the last time that uh, there needed to be at least four on either side. So the way that they're lined up right now, they've got five players on either side. So life is good. Wait for the ready for play whistle to be sounded. And then that same guy decides to kick the ball. They're trying to do something slick. The problem, though, is that we have one player more than five yards deep than their uh, free kick line. So even though that kicker, had he been the one to kick it, is allowed to be more than five yards back, if he is more than five yards back, he's got to be the one that kicks that ball. So, uh, I, I, again, kind of pay attention to that. Uh, again, that's one that uh, some mechanics say that they want the uh, referee to try to make that call. This one, for sure, he'll never know that that uh, player is more than five yards back. Uh, so all those uh, officials that we have up in that uh On K's free kick line and R's free kick line, Uh, watch for something like that. Uh, There are seven man mechanics that have the uh, umpire or an official at least back there with that kicker. Uh, So clearly that'd be a a call that he could easily make. Okay, we'll step back out of this one. And let's look at encroachment here. Simple enough. You know, if you have a player who is uh, beyond that free kick line before the ball is kicked, uh, that that's encroachment. And again, we want to kill that. But I want to talk a little bit here about uh, philosophy as well. Let me see if I can cheat this forward here a little bit. So you have that player, you know, breaking the plane, or maybe he's on the line. At the same time, the ball is kicked. Now, the way this animation is set up, that's not happening that way. But let's let's assume the ball is being kicked right here. Is this the op- is this the time that you want to call encroachment or not? And, and some of the f- philosophy that uh, I tend to hear is let's at least make sure that that guy has one foot clearly out there beyond the pre-kick uh, line before we call that dead. So, again, one of those things to, uh, to talk about uh, in your crew, something to talk about there in your association as to uh, what you're going to allow happen for something like that. Uh, it's, it's a game management kind of a thing. Uh, How much advantage did the kicking team gain if that player was just breaking the plane at the time that the ball was kicked? I'll just leave that for discussion uh, later on. Okay, free kick out of bound enforcement. So we'll do a complete step through on this one. So here we have the ball getting kicked out of bounds. It is untouched by R, uh, rolls out at about the 46-yard line. So the receiving team, the offended team, has a couple of options here. They can go ahead and, and back K up five yards and uh, have them re-kick, uh, or they can just go ahead and take the ball where it went out of bounds or take the ball where it went out of bounds and move it up five yards first and 10 from there. Next, you're gonna see the ball getting kicked and it drops down here about the 15 yard line. So the options again, uh, receiving team can go ahead and back up the kicking team again, five yards, have them re-kick. Or they can uh, take the ball 25 yards from the previous spot, which would put it there at the 35 yard line. Here we have the ball going out about the 31-yard line. Now we need to do a little bit of math. Uh, so we always have the option of taking the ball 25 yards from the previous spot from where the ball was kicked, uh, which would put it to 35. They could take the ball right there where it went out of bounds. Or right there where the ball went out of bounds, they can add five yards to it and, and put it out there at the, the uh, 36. So typically, what has happened to us uh, on the sidelines is uh, uh, whoever's on the sideline where the receiving team is, we would get uh, a hold of the coach and say, "Okay, coach, where do you want the ball to be to be spotted?" And easily enough, if if it was uh, if if, it, if the ball never made it up to the thirty-five yard line, we can say, "Coach, do you want to hear?" Uh, If it went beyond the 35, hey, coach, you want it to 35 or do you want him to have a recap? Well, now we have a couple additional options to talk to the coach about. So, again, think about what happened. Think about where the ball is. Only present those options to the coach that uh, or the most reasonable ones, and uh, you'll see what he wants to do. Now, the the other thing we have to remember is – all my graphics right now are based on the ball having been kicked from the 40 yard line. I uh, don't uh, get into your head all the time that the ball's going to be spotted at the 35, you know, 25 yards from where the ball was kicked. Uh because if there was a penalty uh, on the extra point or during the touchdown and uh, they elect to uh enforce that on the subsequent kickoff, I uh, You know, that that ball is going to be placed somewhere other than the 40-yard line. Uh, So think about that before you go running up to the coach saying, hey, do you want it to 35? Because it could wind up being someplace else. Okay. Let's go to the pop-up kick. I'm sorry, say again? Okay, we'll watch this pop-up kick here. I've got this on playthrough, so it's going to happen kind of quick. You watch closely. That ball's going to get kicked into the ground and then go up into the air. And the way that the, the Federation has the rule written is if that ball is going immediately into the air, similar to how it would look if the ball was kicked into the air right off the tee. So how does that look? So if you look at the right side here, they're kicking that ball straight up. You know, some places call that a pooch kick. So you see that. And on the left, you're going to see them bounce it off. So, the way the rule is written, it does not say how high that ball has to go. Uh, What we all need to remember is this is a safety related issue that uh, the kicking team can uh, recover that ball once it's hit the ground and gone 10 yards in either order. So, what the teams had figured out is boy, if I can just bounce that off the ground and keep it kind of short have it go just beyond that uh, front line of receivers, I can have somebody down there eligible to get that ball. And if there's somebody there trying to catch it, you know, we can take them out. And uh, and that presented a a safety issue uh, for that kid who's looking up in the air, uh, not knowing that somebody is about to to deck him. Um, So again, this is one of those that needs to be killed right away. Uh, if we think that that ball is going up in the air high enough where uh it's going to put somebody at risk then uh we're going to call it and, and be ready to uh explain that that says yeah that that ball went high enough that uh, it looked like it came straight off the tee uh and, and killed that right away um uh, now for those uh, officials that are on the uh on K's free kick line I uh, this could be one of those opportunities where you could have a player like this guy here maybe blocking your field of view just when that ball is being kicked. So, again, when I, uh, when I teach this, I talk to officials that are on, the, uh, on ours free kick line. And, again, I ask them to keep an eye on that kick. Uh, there's nothing wrong with them calling that pop-up kick as well. Uh, they may have a better view of that. Than what uh, that official on K's free kick line might have. Uh, so pay attention to those. Watch out for that. I'm going to jump into mechanics here, real quick. Only the drop down here. because again, there's nothing wrong with that kicker bouncing the ball off the field there. So you can see how this one bounces around. It's not going that high, uh, it's on an onside kick. This is typically what they want to try to accomplish. If that ball decides to bounce high on that second bounce, that's okay. You know, the pop-up kick, is that kicker driving that ball off the tee into the ground and immediately into the air. That's what we want to avoid. And I want to talk one more, not necessarily a kicking infraction, but it's something that can happen during the kicking game. I do not have that animated yet, but pay attention to rule 9-3-7. Uh, We had a team in Alabama that uh, we were working with during one of our state camps and they were showing what they wanted to do for the onside kick. And what the, uh, I had the opportunity to listen to what that special teams coach was talking about. And what he was doing was designating each one of his players, uh, This one, this one, and this one, their job was to go down and take out certain players on the receiving team. And the other two, their job was to try to recover that ball after it went 10 yards. And uh, what that was setting up is as these players are starting to come into the neutral zone, who's the one initiating the block? And that's where 9-3-7 comes into play, that no members of the kicking team can initiate contact inside the neutral zone unless a member of the receiving team somewhere along that line initiated that block, or if the kicking team is then eligible to recover that ball. In other words, if that ball hits one of the members of the receiving team, then the kicking team's eligible to do that. That's got to be a tough call to make Uh, because how will we know that when that kicking team member uh, was the one initiating that contact when there's a whole lot of other humanity that may be happening on the other side of the field. Uh, But that rule's in there. Uh, Watch for that. It's something that could happen. Uh, So any officials that we have up there in the neutral zone, uh, you need to be uh, ready for that. Uh, Especially if We don't think there's going to be an onside kick that occurs. Uh, You need to always be prepared for that. Uh, There's nothing that says that a kicking team can't do that at any time during the game. So uh, uh, obviously, we want to be alert all through the game. uh, But when it comes to the kicking game, you know, turn up that alert meter if you got it. So that's all I had planned to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm open for any questions. Uh, or anything that may be in the chat box. There's nothing in the chat box right now, but if
0: you want to unmute yourself and ask a question, uh, we have about five minutes for questions. This is Ken. Bob, sorry about my audio earlier. Um, my, My question is, when we have an obvious onside kick, the mechanic changes a little bit. And that uh, we don't allow the kicking team to really cross that pane of glass per se, you want to
1: talk a little bit about that how tight it gets um that, that, that's That's a new mechanic for me, but uh, that, I think that's, that''s a that's a great one right there. Um, I guess the only thing i would I would say is that if you see um uh, but there, there are times as a back judge, that, you know, we got the, uh, I've got the kicking team, uh, free kick line. Uh, if I see a player that that's been close, uh, I, I try to get word to the to the sideline there after that play, uh, or, or even before that next kickoff, you know, say, hey, coach, you know, number ten, he he's pretty quick right there. Uh, you, you may want to tell him to. Watch that. Um, then, if uh, if you think you've got somebody like that, uh, that would be a good reminder. If you think you're getting ready for that onside kick, um, I, I, I can see where you would you would have that philosophy. I kind of like that idea. Um, I, all, all I can say is, here in Alabama, we we haven't adopted that. Kind of like that though. Hey Bob, I have a question for you. Shoot. Um I, I I want to make sure I heard you correctly, but between the pop-up kick and the pooch kick, do you kill them both? I know the pop-up kick we do, but I, I wanted to make sure I heard you correctly. Yeah, so, the, the, the pooch kick you do not. That that's still a live okay, legitimate okay. kick. Thank, thank you very much. I just I came yeah. in I a little bit late and I
0: just want to make sure I got it right. Thank you very much.
1: Now at the uh If if we stick to the schedule that that, uh, we laid out for these uh, 10 webinars, on the uh, 28th of July, I'm gonna talk about kick catch interference. And that's when that pooch kick uh, will start causing some issues. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Mike.
0: So um, if nobody else has any questions, these are 30 minute um, mini webinars to start getting back into the rule book before the season starts. Hopefully the season starts for high school. I did receive the NFHS uh, slideshow, the PowerPoint that they're putting out for 2020 and the emphasis and the rules changes. I'll send that out to this group uh, right after this and also attach a a link to take a quiz, to watch some video and, t- and take a quiz, a mini quiz on holding, which will be our topic next Tuesday on June 30th. So it's just a, um, you know, we're not keeping score or anything like that, but just something to look at. Uh, but I'll attach that link. Um, that was sent to me a couple of days ago by the, High School Officials fish, uh, Association, I believe in Los, Al- Los Angeles, California, they put together that presentation on holding. So if you guys are interested, just take a quick look at it. But uh, next week will be a holding topic that Bob will present on Tuesday night. And, Bob, any last comments before
1: we go? Uh, no, thank you again for... Uh, allow me to participate in these things. Uh, it helped me uh, as much as helping you all. I hope. Okay, there. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, appreciate was, you. There was one comment. Right.
0: There was one comment before we go that just came up in the chat room. They're asking about where to spot the ball on the kick out of bounds. Hash is nearest to out of bounds, not middle of the field. So if there's a penalty, out of bounds, you want to go to the to the hash mark. I believe that's that's a mechanic that one of the umpires is questioning.
1: Um, I guess I'm not fully understanding. So yeah, I mean, the- so
0: if you have a if you have a a free kick and and um it's a touchback, we're gonna spot the ball in the middle of the field in the th- number three position, I believe
1: actually they get the choice right right. If it, right. Yeah, right
0: yeah i get the choice but if it's a if if
1: it's if it's a kick out of bounds there is no choice it has to go to the hash nearest the infraction correct yeah
0: okay thank you i i want to make sure i i understood the question or the comment in the in the chat room too before we before we got off for the night so if All right. anybody else any, has anything else uh Bob again, we appreciate your your 30 minutes to give uh, the explanation on these rules and just to get us back in the rule book um, during the summer and get us ready for the for the season this fall.
1: You bet all right. you all have a good week. Thank you, sir.